Our first message this afternoon is from Mr. David Hope. It is entitled, The Sons of God. David. Thank you, Mr. Cole. Good afternoon, everyone. There you go. Thank you. Amen. Seems like it's my custom. If it's a beautiful day, I always comment about it. It is a beautiful fall day today, and and I, I don't fail to give God thanks for my eyesight. You know, the hearing is gone. You know, that's not too good. But you know, I I, I really really am thankful for my eyesight. At least I don't get pinned down. I can drive a car. But anyway. Uh, beautiful, beautiful fall day today, and God really has treated us. I'm going to take just a couple of minutes here just to give a little bit of update. Uh, a lot of people have been asking about my wife. She had uh, knee surgery a replacement about two weeks ago. She's done very well. Your prayers have been extremely good. She's already exceeded the degrees uh, or achieved the degree of angle that she spoke to. And uh, anyway, she's doing very well. She's a lot of pain, has to keep her legs up and everything, but uh, she's doing very well. And I know a lot of that is because of you guys' prayer. And thank you for your cards, letters, and phone calls, and visits, and food, and everything that you guys have done, and your thoughts and prayers. We're very grateful. Hi, friend. <laughs> and everybody else out on the internet that's uh, looking today. Um, two years ago, I started a, uh, I didn't attend for it necessarily to be a, a series uh, uh, on October 19th, 2013, I started a series of sermons, and the first one was titled, As Need to Know Basis Only, concerning the, the Bible, you know. The, the Bible is such a small book to contain, you know, all the history that we've had, you know, even prior to the creation week as we look at, all the way to the future, you know. So it's, it's a lot of, lot of information that is in there, but a lot is not there. And it's because we don't necessarily need to know it. And I made uh, uh, the analogy back then, you know, a lot of times, uh, even military people, when they're going on an assignment, especially airport, airborne people, you know, they'll say, well, at a certain time in the morning, 0500 or whatever, you're going to be here and you're going to get on a plane. They won't tell them what they're going to do or where they are or anything. They just have, they don't need to know that right then. But before they get to their objection, they know. Same way with the Bible. We don't always need to know everything in there. Although it's, there's nothing wrong with uh, uh, speculating, as long as it's not too far out on a limb. And uh, we will know things that he really definitely wanted us to know, he's repeated a number of times, many times. And uh, anyway, um, then that was the title. Uh, the last year, about almost a year later, was um, part two. It was on November the 11th, 2014. And the title of that was uh, Religion Before Moses. And it's kind of, I don't know if there's any connection here, but it seemed like they put me down to speak on good gambling days, I guess. The, the, the other one was 7-11 this year, 7-11, today's 11th, 7th. I'm not a very good gambler, so I don't really see, put anything in that. But anyway, Religion Before Moses. And like I said, I indicated back then that... That subject is so deep that they're so uh, full that it would take three or four messages just, just to cover them, you know, just to scratch the surface. So, so today, I'm going along that same line, and the title of it is Sons of God. 
And it, during those messages, and I'm going to paraphrase, and some of you were here, and, and some of you remember, some will not, but uh, just kind of update a little bit, we covered, we showed that there was some form of worship acceptable to God from the time of Adam through Moses. But it was not clearly defined, you know, in the Bible. And uh, most people will say, well, uh, you know, the Ten Commandments and all the stuff that we know really didn't take place. You know, God started all this at Sinai, you know, when the children of Israel came out of Israel. That's when everything started. Well, we know that's not true. But that's where most of the emphasis are. Most people don't look and see that there were a lot of things going on that God either commanded or approved of back before the time of Moses. During that time, we, like I said, it wasn't clearly defined, but we know there's a, we talked about Cain and Abel, you know, we talked about their um, sacrifices and things and offerings, things that they did, and I'm not going to get into a lot of detail because that was back then, we had Ken later, and we showed that Enoch walked with God, you know, in Genesis 5.22. We also showed that Noah was righteous before God, Genesis 7.1. We didn't talk, and a lot of things we didn't talk about, but we did not talk about the relationship of Abraham with Melchizedek, you know, due, due to the time constraints. Several things we did not talk about. Today, I want you to keep in mind some of these things while we discuss an event in Job, the book of Job. I'm not going to ask you to agree with me, but at least consider what we're saying. No one knows for sure when the book of Job was written. And if you say you do, you're far beyond what most scholars are. Some scholars do not even believe that Job was a real person. Can you believe that? Even people in the religious circle, some of the higher-ups and some of them, don't even believe that Job was a real person. They think it was poetry or some good analogies or something. But today, I'm going to give you my premise before I give my explanation. You know, sometimes you give an explanation, and, but uh, today I'm going to tell you what my thought is. Like I said, you don't have to agree with me, and I don't think it's some heresy thing that you, you know, you're going to be condemned if you do or don't do. But anyway, and, but we know just in passing, I'm not going to go there but Ezekiel 14, 14, and uh, Ezekiel gives credence to Job. You know, Job, Daniel, and, and Noah, you know, back before Moses. Uh, and if you've read and familiar with that, you realize that, you know, they will answer for themselves, Job, Job, Daniel, and Noah, for their sins. They can't save anybody. You and I can't save anybody. We have to answer to God ourselves. And James 5th chapter and 11th verse, we're not going there either. But uh, James even gives reference to Job. So you know, there's, there's plenty of credibility. I would want to start reading in Job, the first chapter. Job, first chapter. And first part, I want to go 1 through 5, and then 6 through 12. Job, first chapter. One, verse one. There was a man in the land of Uz 
whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and inscrewed evil. And there were born to him seven sons and three daughters. His substance was also, also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 she-asses, and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men in the east. Very familiar to most of us if we read that. And the sons and his sons went and fat no, oh, I'm sorry, and his sons went and feasted in their houses every one his day. And we used church used to say, well this was on their birthday and you know bad things happen so we don't do birthdays and this is history, you know, I'm not going to down that. But anyway, uh, some of them think that it was a birthday. I'm not going to agree or disagree. And sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And we do that at times. We have parties, you know, maybe an anniversary party or a birthday party or something. We invite our friends, sometimes our relatives, and, and we have a feast. In verse 5, And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and, sac- sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings. And I don't know where he got that or whether, whether he thought that was necessary. But anyway, he did burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Now we're beginning to get into part that I'm going to spend a little more time on. Verse 6, Job 1, 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence come you? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that fears God and eschews evil. Then said, or then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear you for nothing? I said, I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and read that. I said I was going to stop there, but um, have you not made a hedge about him and about his house, about all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and the substance is increased in the land. But put forth your hand now and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only upon himself put not forth your hand. So Satan went forth and the presence, or went forth from the presence of the Lord. So we've read that, like I said, many times. In my opinion, now here, you know, like some of the ministers, they'll ring a bell, you know, to show this is my opinion. My opinion, and like I said, uh, I know we, we have different ideas, but listen to me anyway. My opinion is, sons, where it talks about, uh, where was it, in verse 6, I guess. There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came among them also. My premise is, and I'm going to duck, 
I believe that the sons of God mentioned here are righteous, godly people. Just like you and me are righteous, godly people. We're sons of God. Second, when it says, there was a day, I feel personally, and we'll, we'll you know, talk a little more as we go on, I feel personally, this was either a Sabbath or a holy day. Now, we know what some of the old teaching was, and you're still welcome to it. Go with me now, if you will, briefly to uh, Genesis 6 chapter. Genesis 6 and verse 2. And here's a controversial subject here for some churches. Some, you know, uh, I've, I've even been in some of the churches where they've uh, taken the view. So that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of which they chose. And this is a scripture they say, this was angels marrying, you know, people. Verse 4, there were giants in the earth in those days and also after that when the sons of God, and they say angels, came unto the daughters of men and they bare children unto them, the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. And I've even been into uh, a Bible study itself with uh, one of the churches in, you know, out in the Manford area when I used to go out where, uh, where my brother goes just uh, basically to... Uh, keep him company. But anyway, um, but there is a verse in Job, Job 38, and I know most everybody that's looked into this very much are going to look at that and say, oh, yeah, boy, David, you're missing something. Boy, you're, you're really missing something. Or when it's really clear, Job 38 and verse 1 through 7, and I really, and this is my premise here, I really think, I believe these are angels here. I really do. It says, then the Lord answered, and this, you know, in the context, you know, Job was having his problems. He had his friends, you know, trying to tell him, you know, you're sinning, you're doing this, you're doing that. You know, if you straighten up. And then Job gave his feedback back, and here's God with his answer. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? You know, Job, who are you anyway? Gird up your... Gird up now your loins like a man, for I will demand of you an answer. Answer you me. Verse 4. Where was you, or where were you, when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare it if you understand, or have understanding. Who has hid the measures, excuse me. Who has laid the measure thereof, if you know? Or who has stressed the line upon it? Whereupon the foundations upon are fastened? You know, where are they fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? You know, Job, you're so smart. You know, answer me. When the morning stars sang, you know, a long time ago, when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Even the context itself will pretty well tell you, yeah, this probably was angels. You know, this is well before the, the creation, before God put up the earth and put all the boundaries and the seas and the oceans and, and gravity and all the other stuff that he put here. I don't, I don't deny that at all. Go over to the New Testament a little bit. 
I told my wife I got off that I didn't get off of that uh, she had my stopwatch kind of timing her that little machine she's not working today but she has to do that machine you know it, it tortures you you know six hours a day two two hours at a time and uh, anyway she'd want me to back over with my truck or something but <laughs> anyway but uh, uh, I told her I said honey when I get into about five minutes before the message is supposed to be over with uh, you know, give me a call on my cell phone. And uh, I talked to Rick. What, is that light on already? Is that where I, I told Rick? Okay. I, I told him, I said, you know, when I've got five minutes on my 30-minute deal, you know, uh, turn the light on, if I think to look at it. But there's one on now. I don't know. Have I spoken that long yet? Okay. There'll be another light. Oh, boy. I thought, man, I've got a lot to go. Anyway. Uh, turn over to New Testament, and I'm, and I'm going to go pretty fast on these. I wish I had my stopwatch here because uh, uh, sometimes I digress, and uh, um, uh, if, if it's unnecessary to digress that much and I'm running out of time, you know, I skip things. But anyway, go to John in the New Testament, John 1, verse 12. And here's some little one-liners or two-liners on some of the things. We'll go pretty fast through that, and so we get through with our time. John 1, verse 12, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now, I didn't write that. This is already there, you know, two, three thousand years, two thousand years before I came along. Romans eight fourteen, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Like I said, I didn't write this. Romans eight nineteen, For the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. Philippians 2, verse 15. And like I said, you know, sometimes we're just breaking into the middle of it and you have to read the context to make sure we're not squeezing something in here that shouldn't be, so... But uh, I don't think there's a problem. Philippians 2, verse 15. That you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke and in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. John 1. Oh, 1 John, I'm sorry. 1 John 1, 3, verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Any problems? You know, any problems with that? Sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not because it knew Him not. So anybody that doesn't believe that we are sons of God right now, regardless of what the other stuff I've been saying, uh, they don't know God. First John 3, 2, just one verse down. Beloved, now... Are we the sons of God? Not in the future, not some other time. Now we are the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. You know, we're not like Jesus and sparkling and, you know, doing all these things. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now I'm going to change just a little bit of tone here. We're going to the words present and appear. Job 2.1 Again, there was a day 
when the sons of God came to present themselves before God. And I'm saying you could just about as easily say, uh, um, appear before God. They, they are two different Hebrew words, but they're, clo- they're so close on their meaning, so close on their meaning. So I'm, I'm taking the liberty to, to use them interchangeably. And again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came among, also among them to present himself before the Lord. Exodus 23, verse 15. Scriptures that we go through several times a year, and not too long ago since Feast of Tabernacles has passed. Exodus 15, verse 17. You shall keep the Feast of Unleavened Bread. You shall eat unleavened bread seven days, as I command you, in the time appointed of the month of Abed. For in, for in it you came out of the land of Egypt. None shall appear before me empty. And I think you could say just about, you could, you could not, you, you know, and none shall appear, I mean, uh, uh, present themselves before me empty. Verse 16, the feast of harvest, and in the feast of harvest, the fruits of your labors, which you have sown in the field, and the feast of ingathering, which is in the end of the year, when you have gathered in all your labors out of the field. Verse 17, three times in the year shall all your males appear before the Lord your God. And I'm saying they can present themselves before God too. Exodus 34. Verse 23 and 24. Three times in the year shall all your men appear before the Lord God, the God of Israel. And I'm saying again, you know, we can, we can transverse that, note, that, that word. Verse 24. For I will cast out the nation before you and enlarge your borders. Neither shall any man desire your land when you go when you shall go up to appear before the Lord your God, you're three times in a year. In uh, Deuteronomy 16, verse 15 16, seven days shall you keep a solemn feast unto the Lord your God in the place which the Lord shall choose, because the Lord your God shall bless you in all of your increase. And in all your works of your hands, therefore shall you rejoice. And we've been taught many years, you know, God will bless you. And we've, we've had sermons in, I know, years back, Bill probably, uh, and Vicki probably remember years ago when we were young in the church, you know, and we were going to the feast. They say, you know, your houses most likely will not get broken into and all of that. And, and when I became self-employed a few years later, I put it even in the context that, the strangers won't be out here trying to, or they might be trying to get my jobs, but uh, I felt that, you know, that was taking a little bit of my own, but I felt, well, God will protect my jobs and my customers from me. Even though I can't be there and serve them, God's going to protect them for me. Uh, whether he did or not, I don't know, but it, it didn't hurt. It didn't hurt. And generally speaking, every year when we go to the Feast of Tabernacles, well, that's the best time of my year, that, that last quarter of the year, actually four months, you know, getting ready for the feast. And, and uh, while we're at the feast, even, even while we're taking off for two weeks or whatever it is to go to the Feast of Tabernacles, man, my, my work is always just so good. High quality jobs and plenty of them. 
And uh, so anyway, that's, that's my testimony. I, I believe that wholeheartedly, that, that, that God has, has preserved us in those things. What was the next verse? Was that 16? Verse 16. Three times in a year shall all your males appear, or you could say present, before the Lord your God in the place which he shall choose, the feast of unleavened bread, and the feast of weeks, and in the feast of tabernacles, and they shall not appear, appear or present themselves before me empty. So, what's Satan doing? What was Satan doing back in those days? Go back again to Job, the first chapter. I've got to get back over there. Job, first chapter. And I'm going to read on verse 6 and 7. Now there was a day, and I'm saying, you know, you can, you can condemn me later, but I say that day was either a Sabbath or a holy day. And I don't know which, what holy days they, they kept, you know, but I, I feel personally that, uh, and you can look at the context of it too and how regularly that happened. But there again, I'm taking liberties. But I'm starting again. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves or appear before God. To present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. And this is where the, the old thought was, uh, and maybe still be the new thought, I mean the, the original thought, uh, that you know, this is when the angels came you know, periodically and they checked in with God and Satan just happened to come in. Well, that, that can happen. And, and, and I've taught that in the past. But to me, it makes more sense that they had a regular scheduled something or other, a holy day or something that they were doing. Can I prove it? No. Can you disprove it? No. <laughs> but it, to me, it sounds logical. And, and if it is true, and we don't, we don't come up with any doctrines to support, I mean, any teaching, any um, what, outlook on our teaching to promote our belief if we have to really twist it and make it fit, you know, we, we just don't do that. But anyway, and the Lord said unto Satan, Which come you? Satan answered the Lord and said, From walking up and down in the earth. How bad that Satan walks up and down in the earth, going, uh, from going to and fro, walking, oh, from going to and fro and walking up and down in the earth. And also it repeats itself, uh, Job 2 and verse 1 and 2. There was a day, oh, and there was a day, you know, again, another day, another holy day, another something type of holy day. There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself to the Lord. You know, getting his nose mixed in there, you know, trying to see who I can foul up, see who I can get in a bad attitude, see who I can deceive, see who I can make, uh, you know, worry about their job back home or worry about their home back home or, uh, you know, whatever, whatever Satan does. Now we'll go over back into the New Testament. First Peter 5. First Peter 5. Verse 8, be sober. And how many times we heard these, these uh, uh, words, even recently, some of our, member, our men have done that. Be sober, be vigilant, because 
Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about like he did back then. Walks about seeking whom he may devour. Walking up and down to and fro on the earth, trying to tempt God's people or anybody else. Zechariah 3, verse 1 and 2. And he showed me Josiah, no, and he showed me Joshua, I'm sorry, the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke you, O Satan, even the Lord that has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this the band plucked out of the fire? Luke. 22nd chapter, verse 31 and 32. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desire to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Satan is walking up and down the earth trying to sift Peter, Simon Peter. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, strengthen the brethren. James, fourth chapter. Some other scriptures that we've had recently, some of our men have given. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Why should we resist him if he's not around, if he's not messing things up? Ephesians 10. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> there's no. See, these eyes go up. Well, there's not 10 chapters in Ephesians. Ephesians 6, verse 10 through 13. My brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against his wiles, or the wiles of the devil, because he is walking to and fro. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Sometimes we think it's just the attitude of the other person. We don't realize sometimes that Satan's causing that person to cause us to get in a bad attitude or to accuse us. Wherefore, verse 13, Wherefore, taken to you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having all, or having done all to stand. Like I said, you know, any, practically any one of these scriptures in here, we, you know, we can make messages out of. There's just so much here, and there's so much that I'm leaving out. And I'm not saying I'm going to give another message along this, this, this uh, line here next year. I don't know. It's just, but anyway. Uh, but in conclusion... As I stated earlier, this is my opinion, you are entitled to yours, but I hope you will at least consider this way. I think Satan has been among and around human beings ever since Adam and Eve. I think Satan appeared with or presented himself with Job and the sons of God on a holy day. <clears throat> 